Hey friends, Dave here. On behalf of Matt and Abby, thanks for always taking the time to listen in. We deeply appreciate it. We are in the thick of our summer schedules, and we've been having a tough time finding a time when we can all sit down together to record. But we'll be back in the studio soon with more new episodes coming your way. For today, we do have one from the archives. I'll play a little music, and then we'll jump into the episode. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of reflection and collaboration as we seek to keep growing as teachers. This podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. And I'm Dave Mulder. Today we are joined by one of our friends in the hallway. Abby DeGrill. The exciting news, and this is big news, folks, Woo-hoo! is that Abby is joining our podcast team on a regular basis. Yay! And what that means for Dave and I is basically that a complete takeover feels inevitable. Yes! <laughs> and our hope is that you may have us back as guests someday. Oh, whatever. What's happening? What's happening? As always, anyways, Abby, so good to have you join uh-huh, it's us. It's really fun. Thank you for having me. As always, we want to thank you, our listeners, for allowing the three of us to be here with you, and we want to thank you for joining us in the hallway again this week. Each week, one of us brings a question, and we try to think creatively around it in the context of Christian education. We are good friends who love each other and love engaging each other in conversations about our practice, and our deep hope is that you're enriched and encouraged in your own work, and maybe in your everyday walking around life, too. Well, we have a long list of topics we want to talk about. We want to know what hallway conversations, conversations you'd like to hear. So if you have ideas or questions or feedback for us, or simply want to share what hallway conversations you're having, please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Dave and Abby, I've had the privilege of serving at a number of schools in both the United States and Canada. One of the schools that I served at had a very compelling mission, vision, and a set of core values. And I was thinking about that school this week, and I remembered that one of their core values was failure is essential to learning. I found the language of that very intriguing back then, and I still find it intriguing today. And true confession, while I love that school and still do, it is near and dear to my heart, I sometimes could, and even now, feel tension about saying that one of our core values as a school is failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about this because it seems like there seems to be lots of talk lately about how important it is for students to fail before they can succeed. And I even read an article earlier this week that said, and here's a quote from it, failure is a master teacher. And we're all familiar with the phrase, failure is not an option. So sometimes I feel like part of my job, or our jobs as teachers, Mm -hmm. is trying to prevent students from failing. And I partly feel tension because we live in a culture that seems to shun and shame failure, Mm -hmm. and it's not acceptable for some students to fail. Mm -hmm. So perhaps I have a few questions spinning in my mind about what feels like a bit of a paradox. And maybe you can just grab hold of one of these and we'll we'll see where it goes. So here's just a few questions. I couldn't get it down to one. Mm -hmm. So um, what's up with all this talk of failure? And what do we mean when we even talk about failure? Mm -hmm. Is failure actually essential to learning? And how do we reconcile reconcile failure when we live in a culture that can 
hyper promote excellence and success and being the best. Mm. So let's start there. We're, we're talking about <laughs> failure. Um, open the can of worms. Yeah, let's open see. the can of worms and, and see. And, and your answers better be good, folks. There is no room for failure. There's no room for failure! So what do you think? Any initial thoughts? I think there's a, you have to define what you mean by failure. First, yes. Right? Yeah. So I think there's a big difference between process and kind of end product sort of right. failing. Right. Right. As soon so, as I hear failure, I'm thinking like traditionally speaking, what does failure mean in education? Right. It means you got a grade of F, right? You have right. failed. And that I don't think is essential. No, for I don't think so either. Right? No. Oh. But but not getting something perfect the very first time, yes. That's normal. Right. That's right? normal, should be normalized. Yeah. Okay, but kind of counter to that, even just what you said, right? Like yeah. It's not going to be perfect the first time, but it, it's perfect sort of the end goal there. Is that what we're going for? Like, mm. and that, that's what my struggle mm -hmm. is here a little bit is, is if we value, why are we valuing failure? Like, that's yeah, what I'm struggling yeah. with. Like, why does that seem to be something we value? So, like, I under, like I appreciate what you're saying in what do we mean when we talk about mm -hmm. it versus mm -hmm. the process versus the end product. But but why do why are do, are, do we seem to be holding this up as important for students? I, I'm having trouble understanding that a little. Hmm. I think for, like, so I'm going to put on my parenting lens here a little okay. bit. Right, I talked before about the pandemic yeah. and parenting and helping my children realize that just because they don't get something right away doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. Right. Right? So yes. so yes. I have a, a daughter who tends toward perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And so when something is hard, she internalizes that as I can't do it, I'm going to give up. Sure versus pushing through some of those early, hard, mm -hmm. struggling attempts. Even we've been doing a lot of softball outside lately, right? And catch yes. and batting. Sure. And no one would play if right. right, if they were always looking for a hit or if they mm -hmm. never missed a ball. <laughs> but struggling through that to get to a place where you're seeing improvement and pro progress yeah. versus... You know, so so I don't know if that's valuing failure, but normalizing the fact that it can be a struggle and that's okay. Yeah. So even as you're saying that, I'm thinking about baseball, yeah. right? And like if you've got a 300 batting average, right. that's good, but that means you're only hitting 30% of the time, yeah. right? So that means you're failing 70% of the time right. in baseball, right? And I wonder about that, right? Okay, I don't want students to fail 70% of the time, right? But Especially as they're beginning to learn mm -hmm. something, shouldn't it be okay for them to not get it perfect right. the first time? I, th I think so. I think that should yeah. be okay. But if I can not push back, but just push forward, push forward hey. on, on that is to think about, but so yeah, we don't want them to fail 70% 70, 70 of the time, but yep. how do we, how do we, how do we invite or promote a culture of where, where some failure is okay when mm -hmm. when we are, we're seemingly whether we agree mm -hmm. with this or not, in a business so to speak that values 
high GPA, high end mm. product. Like, yeah, yeah. like that's so. I agree with all of this. I agree about the process and the end mm -hmm. product. But for so many of these students, it's so and their parents and the universities they want to go to. Someday, it's ingrained in. Right? It's ingrained that actually failures not okay so it feels like this paradox of yeah. that we we want this type of culture mm -hmm. within a larger culture that actually wants exactly the opposite, the opposite. Right. and so so that's why i felt this tension with this core mm -hmm. value mm -hmm. but but maybe to not talk about the end product like this idea is it is it essential to learning and so you use the example of, of base like is it is it essential what might that look like in a classroom? So one, okay, this is a cute acronym, and it was on Twitter, oh boy, about eight years ago already. I started seeing this one, right? The, the acronym, so FAIL is, a, is an acronym okay. that stands for First Attempt in Learning. Okay. Right? That's cute. Yeah. Right? And, <laughs> We're yeah, going to make t-shirts. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> We're moving on. But, yeah. but, but the sentiment behind that, I actually appreciate that, right? To, to normalize, like, mistake, boy, I... In my life, I have learned more when I've made mistakes and learned from that right. process then, right? So to create a culture where it's okay to take risks, is that maybe a, f a fair way of saying this, right? Like, I don't know if I really want to be promoting failure. That, right. that I yeah. think, is maybe the wrong way of framing it. But I want to promote a culture of risk-taking where it's okay that you're going to take a big swing at something. You're going to attempt something. And yep, you might not nail it the first time, but I'm going to be there with you as mm -hmm. your teacher, and I'm going to provide feedback for you and say, hey, okay, this part was great. This part was less great, but let's work on it again. Yeah. And what if we normalize right. multiple attempts in learning right. then? And to say, yeah, you ain't there yet. You ain't there yet, but you're going to get there, right. and I'm going to work with you to get you there. And that puts the burden back on me as a teacher, but it doesn't let the student off the hook either, right? right. It's kind of this reciprocal relationship. I think of there. Ron Berger's Austin's butterfly, right? Yes. That process of revision yes. to get something better. If mm -hmm. we just stopped after one, right. look at this caricature that we would have versus if we keep giving feedback right. and believing that students can get to beautiful work right. through a process of revision mm -hmm. and editing. And, and, and to make that normal. I think normal. that's, that's yeah. the key because mm -hmm. that has not been the case. Well, okay, in Intro to Ed this morning, we were having a conversation about assessment. That was our on the syllabus for today. We are talking about assessment. Um, and one of my students made the comment, I wish that teachers would promote progress over perfection. And like this is from a first-year student, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're talking about, I wish that teachers would promote progress over perfection. And I think that that speaks to what we're getting at in this conversation, right? She sees that, like, recognize where I'm at, right? Mm -hmm. Recognize where I'm at. Recognize where I'm going to land. Help me get there. Yeah. I'm not going to land in perfection. I mean, come on, on this side of glory, we're never going right. to achieve perfection. Yeah. That's, that's setting up an unattainable goal for our students, too. Yeah. Abby, you've talked before, like I know in our, in our conversations, you've talked about risk taken, and I know that, that it's come up here as, how, how, is there something tangible or intentional you do that makes risk-taking okay? Like whether, right. whether you were, whether in your classroom now or as a high school English teacher? Yeah, so I think it's really important for teachers to model the mm. risks that they want their students oh, yeah, to okay. take, right? So if you're, so I teach writing and literature, yep. right? I did in high school. I, I taught an English methods course this past fall, and one of the things that, we talk about is the importance of teachers writing alongside their students. And yes. so I made it a habit 
during that module that we would all get our journals out. I gave the students journals as part of the course and I would put a prompt up and we would all write. And often, um, almost every single time, I shared pieces of my own writing immediately afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I would ask students for feedback on some of it um, or I would just share a snippet of it. And every single time that led to students being willing to share their own work with the group. And, and so you're, you're modeling a sense of risk-taking because right. I expect students to be vulnerable right. enough to take some risks. I have to be vulnerable. Exactly. To take and I'm telling them to take that risk with their students. So what kind of yes. educator, <laughs> yeah. right, teacher educator yeah. would, buy, would I be if I didn't also mm -hmm. do that with them? And it led to some of my favorite moments in the whole semester. Oh, yeah. Right? So they would, you know, one of my students normalized a little finger snap nice. after everybody's yeah. and... They would all share, like, just beautiful snippets of who they were, mm -hmm. and I even, like, some of my own writing from that time I really value now um, sure. that I did in the community. So that's a good example, too, I think, of teachers being a model for what they expect. Yeah, it makes me, it makes me think, too, in terms of the modeling, that if we want to normalize, normalize some of this, how important it is to be aware of how we respond to any mistakes in the classroom, mm -hmm. actually, whether those are whether those are classroom management issues or or you know mm -hmm. academic issues, yeah. right? That right. that is, that somehow that we can in your in the process of learning that there's still going to be accountability mm -hmm. in the process of of you know working with students through behavior issues. There's going to be accountability. But there's also going to be high support, you know, like yeah. like in the process of learning, the the support's going to look like ongoing feedback. Mm -hmm. Try again. Sometimes cheer, cheering them on, like I said. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I just think in modeling those things, part of it is how you know what we're demonstrating, but it's even how we respond that that students can come into whether. It's in their behavior or in their learning or, or how that actually kind of comes together that they can they can literally for some students breathe easy when they walk into their into a classroom mm -hmm. that there's I don't have to be perfect like I right. don't like grace abounds and, and yet there is high accountability because mm -hmm. we want the best for you mm -hmm. in, in all those things it just it just seems like failure is such a, a bad word it is. well it's right and so this is what I'm grappling yeah. with yeah I'm, sorry I'm interrupting no. but like, okay is failure our learning target yeah. then like yeah, really no. like I don't think I'm setting up yeah. like I it's not that I yeah. want my students yeah. to fail of course I want them to be yeah. successful so how do we reframe that like do we well, what about this quote Dave failure is the master teacher then yeah. so what do you what, what, what comes to mind for either the, of you when you read that quote? But the goal is the learning target, and how they get there is sometimes through failure, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's right. not the right. failure as the goal yeah. as it's, much as it is the vehicle. And recognizing that missing the mark can be part of that process for hitting, yes. hitting the target in the long yes. run, right? Because that's where you're going to get information about, here's what I did well, here's yeah. what I need to keep working on. And then we have to normalize giving students the opportunity to act on feedback, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Yeah. If it's not actionable, it's not really feedback, then uh -huh. it's judgment. And yeah. we, we have a responsibility to judge our students' work. I'm not saying that, but let's not call that feedback then. Yeah. And maybe let's not call it failure. Then, yeah. Because I think maybe, mm -hmm. because I, I, I can think of students who... And again, I know it's not, we're not just talking about tests, but even just in give, how we assess yes. and how we, how we 
communicate learning through grades and report mm -hmm. cards. Mm -hmm. I, I can think of many students for who that was an anxiety-inducing moment, right? Absolutely. Of like because of either their their own identity is 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 caught up in that, or, or their parents and how mm -hmm. they're you know how they might be viewed at home, and so so that's why for me part of it is, and, and this is a way bigger conversation about if if we really want to value process over product like we really need to start th rethinking some of yeah. how we communicate what learning mm -hmm. looks like mm -hmm. um, because I think we can say it all we want but it's so ingrained for so many educate not just students but for educators and that in the end I still need to give a grade that's right and so you can have all the process you want but in in the end it's like what, what did I get mm -hmm. and what did I get and and too often for too many kids that what what did I get is tied to who, who am I actually right. that those right. things so that's, those are just a couple of things that, that I was playing around with and thinking about failure have you any any other thoughts that have come to mind as you as you think about failure either from a teaching perspective or or even from a parental pers mm -hmm. perspective that um, are we overvaluing it are we undervaluing it is a mind shift that we need to change, mindset, sorry, that we need to change? Yeah, I think instead of the word failure, kind of like what you were talking like risk is something that I yeah. like to think about mm -hmm. better. I think yeah. we need to value taking risks yeah. with students mm -hmm. and as teachers too, right? So getting out of my comfortable zone and what I've always done, yeah. I think, is yeah. a pre- condition for expecting that of my students right, right. so if I want them to be creative I have to design an assignment where that creativity is possible yeah. and mm -hmm. so that means that I have to get out of my structure this is how it's always done this is the same product that everyone is going to give me every time right and allow mm -hmm. that sort of yeah. risk taking in showing and demonstrating their learning too mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes me it makes me think of if, if these are you know we've talked about this before, but if these are the things that we value, mm -hmm. then we have to give students opportunity to practice it. That's right. right? We have That's to right. give students yeah. value the, the opportunity, whether it's creativity, whether it's collaboration, mm -hmm. whether it's service learning. And if we re and things. if we really believe that those are attributes that our students have as image bearers of God, yeah. which we do. Yeah. Right then we have to design instruction yeah. that reflects that. That's right. Yeah. I've been thinking uh, throughout this conversation about, I know there's been a lot written about um, teaching kids to be resilient or um, teaching them to have some grit about them, mm -hmm. right? And that always bothers me in some sense. Mm -hmm. Like grit, I don't like the word grit because I associate it with like sand in my swimsuit. Kind of <laughs> like, right? Like, but, Thank but you there's, hey, you know, <laughs> I hear to serve. <laughs> but uh, that, 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 there, I think there's something there too, right? That, that we should teach our students to persevere even when things get hard right. for them. And, and yeah, maybe grit's not the right word for it, but to be able to bounce back, to have enough resilience and enough flexibility and enough perseverance, I mean, there's, there's something about the fruit of the Spirit in that mm. too, I think. And if we're serious about cultivating fruit, um, you know, how do we structure things so that fruit can develop in among our, our students? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just wrestling with that a little bit, but I think that's something that we ought to be striving towards. And 
yeah, so this whole conversation, maybe, maybe it's not about failure, but maybe it's really about, um, yeah, recognizing that our students are a work in progress, too. And we, as teachers, are a work in progress. And yeah, we aren't always going to get it right the first time. But that doesn't mean we are bad people. That doesn't mean that we are unlovable people. It doesn't mean that we're to be cast aside or anything like that, right? That we can still welcome students in to just appreciate the fact that they are making those, taking those risks, making those attempts to, to say, how am I going to do it better the next time around? How am I going to do it better the next time around? I think, see, I think that's the language that, how do we, how, whatever the words we want to use, how do we instill that in our students, right? Is like, how can I continue to improve in this? How can I, how can I go deeper with my learning and, and to move away from this idea of like one and done? Like you get yes. one shot at this to demonstrate your learning in one specific way. Right. Um, and so maybe it's giving mul not just multiple opportunities or multiple drafts, but how else can I hit the learning target in, in, yep. a, in a way that that brings out those attributes, mm -hmm. the attributes that God has blessed you with. So. That's right. Mm -hmm. Friends, we know that your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for joining us today for another Hallway Conversation. Whether it is in this day, this week, this month, or this school year, we do hope that God gives you what you stand in need of. We want to thank you for the good, God-delighting work you're doing in your schools and communities. And as you go into this week, on behalf of Dave and Abby, we just want to say that may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Have a good week, everyone. This podcast was literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Hey, we have a favor to ask of you. Would you be willing to rate this podcast or write a review in your podcast app? Or if you found this conversation interesting or helpful, would you consider sharing it on your social media? Those things really do help podcasters out, and we would be so, so grateful. Thanks for listening, friends.